0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Welcome to After Hours with Defoe and Luby. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz here on the Believe Network. And good to be back with you guys after uh, a little trip to Atlantic City. Uh, It was done under the auspices of, I was going to immerse myself uh, for the first time. originally was planning on going to Las Vegas, uh, as uh, we were discussing here the last few weeks. And I wanted to experience uh, this first weekend of March Madness in Las Vegas in a casino environment, which uh, many people have told me throughout the years, and uh, you'll hear this universally, and there's very little disagreement or discord on this, that it is absolutely the best that you could be at uh, the live venues and it's not as cool as being a sick degenerate gambler <laughs> on uh, the opening weekend with 16 games on Thursday and 16 games on Friday and then eight more coming back on Saturday and eight more on Sunday. That, And it's uh, just a betting buffet uh, of <laughs> festival-like proportions and that you really have to experience this one time in Las Vegas before you check out and uh, luby you know that i was intent on doing that and <laughs> that didn't ended up ha- having to go into a, a diversion program as they say in courts okay i tell you what you do the community service and uh you know nothing else happens to you over the next six months and uh, all charges will be dropped and the record will be expunged all right so i, I divert uh, to atlantic city which uh, you know you would have to say would, would be the poor man's vegas uh you know, it has casinos, and there's sports books now uh, everywhere. But uh, is it Vegas? No. I mean, it doesn't have the uh, gigornamity, if you will, of Las Vegas when it comes to uh, just, uh, you know, wall-to-wall degeneracy. I mean, and actually, in Atlantic City, it turned out to be great because I-, I do like a lot of the local restaurants there, and we managed to hit the trifecta, Louis, of going to uh, three of our favorites, including Chef Vola's, which was great. And nice. uh, a longtime Atlantic City standard called uh, – Doc's Oyster House, which uh, what we uh, re- really, really enjoyed uh, very much. So the dining scene was uh, great there. And, and the sports betting scene was great. But I, I'm not necessarily a huge sports better, and I haven't been on a college basketball game all year. So why all of a sudden <laughs> would I become an expert when the tournament started, when everybody who knows anything about basketball knows that uh, everybody uh, in the expert category is going to be – Looked at as a complete buffoon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> After St. Peter's beats Kentucky, I mean, who, who, who in the media said, you know what? I tell you what, I, you know, the, this uh, St. Peter's team—they got a good shot there against the Wildcats. Holy no eight all There's no way. No one. No one. But it's part of the beauty of the tournament, and, and uh, we, we uh, in South Florida also we're sitting on now uh, one of the Cinderella stories, and we had a chance on our Ion Channel show to uh, speak with the U.M. head basketball coach, Jim Laranega. And uh, it's just fascinating. I mean, uh, all of the detail that goes into it. But speaking of detail, and most people uh, think of this woman and uh, this person as being uh, synonymous with the National Football League, uh, where she pioneered so many different things and paved the way for so many female broadcasters to enter into a business that uh, was uh, just completely exclusive of women and uh, took a very dim view of the idea of incorporating them into the sportscasting mix. And uh, that is the uh, lovely and talented Leslie Visser, who uh, is just as uh, well-versed and uh, maybe even more so in uh, Final Four and NCAA tournament uh, type of material and uh, anecdotes and stories and, uh, you know, experiences as she is in the NFL. So, uh Luby, you know, one of our favorites, and uh, we uh, welcome to uh, the Believe Network and our Believe After Hours podcast, the lovely and talented Leslie Visser. I would imagine I am going to take some flack about uh, the fact that uh, I did plan a casino trip, but with the whole idea, the whole concept was to absorb uh, the uh, greatness of the atmosphere of a bunch of degenerates surrounding you as you are watching the first uh, weekend and all of the uh, – bell-to-bell action there is in college basketball and, and it was great i mean you couldn't ask for more can you no and of course i ended up uh, degenerating and playing the horses uh, and a lot of video poker and uh missing essentially uh, most of the tournament uh we welcome to the show a, a, a lovely and talented one uh, i would imagine you think that uh, perhaps uh that, that was a a mission whose purpose was slightly misguided uh, how are you by the way
0: do you have any idea what you've been talking about, what you will be talking about? Do, do you have any clue?
1: <laughs> she gets on the phone. and She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know. You, I have never know. <laughs> I mean, I, I think Jerry Quarry was making more sense before he checked out uh, in that nursing home. Yeah.
0: I mean, you're talking Tim Laranega, who is the other great story. Miami the other great story besides St. Peter's and you have no idea who the players are you have no idea do you even know who who do you think they're playing and do you have any idea who that coach is
1: oh no that's a good question I don't know yeah, do that's know a the great question, question. And, uh, number 11 seed one of those uh, <laughs> other uh, teams coach. that everybody thought was uh, going to be and he also ran column on uh, day <laughs> oh, number shoot. one and uh <laughs> And, and, and it's right. quite a break awesome. I, I mean yeah. uh, you were looking at two teams that scored big upsets over uh, teams that were you know supposed to be there being two and three in the in that bracket
0: well you know what's amazing really when you think about that the three acc teams that are still alive i mean first of all people didn't think the acc was going to be that strong this year and when we did we thought okay you know there's uh leonard hamilton but you did not expect to have these three teams. Uh, well, Duke, you know, you probably expected Duke, but to have these other teams in the ACC when your boy, 90-year-old Brother Bayheim went off to the NIT and, you know, <laughs> Leonard Hamilton's there. By the way, yeah. here's something good for you when you speak to Jim Larinaga. A couple things. Number one, right. no coach over the age of 70 has ever won the NCAA tournament.
1: Interesting. All right, well, there's a chance for a first there. That's right. for sure. I, I think Larry is a couple of years yes, older than is. me because, uh, yeah, he, he's always talking about like, um, uh, you know, an era of basketball. 50s, it's yeah. maybe like two, three years ahead of me.
0: Yeah, I think he's 70, maybe 72. And, um, of course, uh, Kay is 75. And so, you yeah. know, this uh, it's an interesting year. But um I was teasing Jim because, you know, a lot of people have gone the transfer portal, as has um Jim Larenaga. And so I said to him, he said, Well, you know, we got a couple of transfers and I said, Well, Charlie Moore, doesn't he? He counts as, as like five transfers, doesn't he? Isn't this a like six school? <laughs> it is. That's
1: yeah. It is. I think it's, he played at every he's school been but Rutgers. From Cal, <laughs> this kid. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cal Berkeley, I mean I've been in a million schools. But they are um Somebody had a great line that I've repeated a few times. It's not mine. It's uh, uh, John Rothstein, the guy, one of our analysts at CBS. And he said, um, Miami, more guards than Shawshank. <laughs> nice. that's, that's good for him.
1: well I wish I had thought of that. Isn't that was fantastic. Yes.
0: That is that's your time, but you know what? It is really exciting. Iowa State, great, great defense. So that's going to be a very interesting game. Um, I did learn um, the other day from Jim that his Dan, you know, he idolized Ali growing up, and he never saw him as Cassius Clay in the Bronx. But that's it's that rapid. Footwork that he's trying to imitate when he dances, so um, it did not look oh, yeah. wow. like quite like the
1: lolly shuffle. Theme. He mixes in there. He does do a little bit of an lolly shuffle, yes. does he not, Jim Larenega? And, and you yes, know, I mean, do, implies that there's some Latin blood in the family. Uh, you know, what would you not think? Uh, I, I don't know. Is he Jewish, uh, Jim Larenega yeah, But uh, you know, half <laughs> Cuban. He's half Cuban. It's uh, no, he's, 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 he's half Cuban. I don't know the other half, but, ha- but okay. Yeah, I mean, so he running. has he has some dancing rhythm though. No? Yes.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. And he said that, um, you know, he's just so interesting. And you've talked to him many times about growing up in the Bronx and, you know, the Catholic League when you grew up. It was so strong in New York. And he would take, what, two buses, right, to get over to Archbishop Malloy to play for great Jack Curran. But I didn't know until the last time I spoke to him, his dream was to play for Koozie at Boston College. And so Jack Curran, of course, knew Kuzi really well. And so Kuzi came down to scout him. And at the end of the game, he went over, put his hand on Jim's shoulder and said, Son, you ought to check out Division Two.
1: Really? Oh, oh wow. wow. Yes. He was really good yes. there,
0: Negga. he was great. And so he was just nervous or something. So, of course, he told me that... He went up there. He played for the great Joe Mulaney, and then Gavitt at Providence. And he said every time they played BC, he lit him up for thirty five.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he has that in him, though. Yep, uh, you know, yep. and it doesn't seem like uh, that would be, you know, part part of his uh, chemistry. I, I guess you have to be that that kind of competitor. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I, I'm glad. Yeah, I mean, I find this guy fascinating, Leslie Visser. You, you've interviewed uh, everybody uh, that that ever was in the sporting world. And of course, we're particularly, uh, you know, razor sharp at being able to extract personality at a time, uh, maybe before coaches across the board, what we you know, selling personality. And uh, you know, I mean, uh, your your sideline interview, how, how'd that go with Jimmy Calhoun that time? Uh, you know, who, who was, uh, you know, we you, you would have to oh, say yeah. that, uh, you know, that this, this was a guy that, uh, you know, was uh, a little would cantankerous. You know, be, be the right way to uh, describe him. That, that's not the word well, I'm searching it's for. Here, but,
0: No, it was a disaster. It was um, actually uh, Calhoun was the oldest coach ever to win the NCAA tournament back in 2011 with Kemba Walker. He was 68. So the next year they lost in the first round. And the uh, coach of the winning team is obligated to speak to CBS but not the losing coach. So, but he said, I'd known him since he coached at Northeastern. And he said, yeah, yeah, I'll talk to Leslie. So, you know, I put my sad face on coach defending champion lost in the first round and he starts Sitting at me on like network television saying, Well, oh. nobody died. <laughs> <laughs> Your season uh. in.
1: <laughs> you don't hear that answer, you right, know, wanna... when Jim Gray's doing the sideline yeah, reporting. Exactly. Well, nobody like, died.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. I want to get you ready. The coach okay. for Iowa State is none other than the legendary. T.J. Osselberger. Got that? T.J. Osselberger. Never heard
1: the name. I looked it up. I've never Uh, heard the name.
0: What? What? What what did he own? A Bob's Big Boy before he became the head coach there? What the
1: hell is that? Uh T.J. Osselberger.
0: Well, he did, though. I think he went to another college maybe we never heard of. Yeah. Tiffola, Chipotle. Something like that? Chipotle? I, I'm not. It's sure. a Mexican restaurant. But, um, anyway. <laughs> uh,
1: you know, try the avocado. Guacamole is particularly good.
0: <laughs> oh, good. But as our Tracy Wolfson, of course, she missed all the games. But she said to Laranaga afterwards that the Cyclones are playing the Hurricanes in the Windy City, nice. which I thought was great. Oh, that's wow. Nice
1: uh, that's good stuff right there, that's man. Good I line. mean, it's mm-hmm. not like uh, when Al Michaels wrote down, Do you believe in miracles on his cuffling? <laughs> And, and you know, they just happened. There. It's yeah, like the U.S. out of nowhere Michael's beat the Russians. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> Where's my line? Yeah, oh my that was God. great. Now, On the wrong fly. With
0: you? The man was doing the World <laughs> Series at, like, 25 years old. Yeah. Joe just made
1: a nice score. I mean, uh, just when you thought you were out, Leslie Visser, within conversation, they bring you well, back Amazon in. Yet. Yep. I mean, how, how do you want to get out of no, it? How not. could you possibly leave this business when they're giving Al Michaels, like, $15 million a year At 77 to, uh, you know, go on ION Channel with with Jack Namer and do some streaming of the NFL.
0: (laughs) You know, I was really happy for him. I talked to him last night. He, um, you know, he kind of got a little bit stuck there because he wanted either Troy Aikman or Peyton Manning. And, you know, Troy pulled the move to go to ESPN. Can't blame him. And Peyton didn't want to do Monday night because he's got all that stuff at ESPN. Plus, he's trying to buy into the Broncos. So then Al was like, wow, you know, um, but it worked out great for him. And, uh, yeah, I just love it because he's the best anybody's ever worked with. You know, he and John Madden, um, and I was privileged to be one of the speakers at John's memorial out at the Oakland Coliseum. And uh, John loved Al and Al loved John. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm really happy for him.
1: But you're right, um, my buddy Dick Stockton quit too soon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my God, can you imagine? Yeah. Hubie's going to work past Until his death. I-, I believe Hubie Brown, <laughs> uh, don't you think? I mean, with analysts yeah, making this kind of money, and then uh, where does this leave our man? He's very humble about it. But uh, we know Nance is hearing footsteps from Iron Eagle, our good friend. So I mean, where, where does that leave First Ian model. Eagle and Charles Davis with these guys making fifteen million dollars a year? It's, it's it's a good time to be a guy that can go. Yeah, he's got to start running downhill. Otherwise, this game's <laughs> going to be lost in a couple of seconds here. Uh, you know what?
0: How great Ian is that? Would be wow! To say that Ian is so great. Matter of fact, Ion did a great. Oh my God, I thought of you. Ryan had the, um, oh, God. What yeah, he's doing he college have? basketball, uh,
1: too. Yeah, he had, wow. he had a few of the he, good games. I think he had, he had St. Peter's. Yeah, St. Peter's. Yep, he had St. Peter's.
0: He had St. Peter's. Wow. And it was something where at the end, um, Jamie Erdahl was interviewing. Uh, gosh, I wish I could remember. Oh, oh yeah, I know. Jamie Erdahl did a great story that St. Peter's, of course, they have no money, so the cheerleaders couldn't get to the game. So this right. is really cool. The Peacock Network NBC paid for the cheerleaders oh, wow. to go to the game. So so Jamie er- – but they bust. They bust from Jersey City. The game was in Indianapolis, and they bust. And so Jamie Erdahl was telling this story. And at the end, um, Iron Eagle broke into her and sounded like, you know, when is it Ray Liotta says, yeah, and that's all we have. Oh, Iron like- <laughs> Eagle oh, – Iron Eagle – bursts into Jamie's interview and says, "But Jamie, peacocks have to fly." <laughs> 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 I love It was great. Ian's <laughs> the best.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it was a great story. I mean, uh, of course, uh, you know, I, I was, I was going to get my New York Post anyway, but uh, for some reason. Uh, with the full color, uh, you know, presentation that they have uh, in, in uh, the New York area with the paper, uh, it, it really was a well-covered story there because uh, they're from uh, what Jersey City, these guys, right? St. <laughs> Peter's, yep. and to uh, so win yeah, two games—that's so the only thing. Yeah, I mean, I oh, we asked uh, Jim Larinaga, and uh, you know, and we we're talking, of course, with Leslie Visser, the lovely and talented one. Who, uh, oh, wow, people people don't realize well, you and Larinaga together has to be a blast. Now, now, did you have them on in conversation, your podcast, because? Uh, I mean, with your total recall of uh, college yes, basketball going yes. all the way back to uh, when Nets were first posted there uh, with Naismith, <laughs> to, uh, to Laranega, who, uh, you know, I, I love talking to Jim. I don't care what this, you know, uh, conversation. He, he could have lost the two games, and, of course, it, it yeah. would have been brilliant to have him on just looking at what happens there. But, uh, you know, uh, you two together has to be, you know, an absolute, you know, blast. I mean, uh, you, you talk about Basketball Hall of Fame, you know, and, and – you're more known for your football, but you you were just equally immersed in college hoops, right?
0: I was. I was. Um, I'm not going to New Orleans this year, but it would have been my 36th Final Four. Jeez. But I will wow. tell you, it was so impressive. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, all the ones in New Orleans back to when I remember being so shocked. The first one was, of course, Jordan shot against Georgetown, and I happened to walk off the Superdome floor, and I was behind Dean Smith, and, you know, he finally, after all those years, he won a title, and it was such a dramatic ending, and Frank McGuire, his old buddy, was waiting underneath the um Superdome, the metal stands, and kind of... um Dean just sort of fell into Frank McGuire's arms, and then he lit up a cigarette, and I was so shocked. Wow. I was so shocked. There was Dean lighting up a cigarette. Of course, tobacco road. But um, yeah. I want to tell you, it is so impressive what Miami did. I mean, I, they went, as you would say, say wire to wire for me against Auburn. Wire to wire. Go ahead. <laughs> that was a puerto rican
1: thing in new york uh wire to wire that, that's where i got that from from reaver ridge and all the puerto ricans would come out to support this horse and uh they were all screaming in the belmont stretch and you could hear it resonating the sound just uh, as as a wall of sound like you were phil Spector recording albums in the 60s and you would hear all the way through the grandstand wire to wire <laughs> that's where i came from originally yeah
0: but um the fact that Miami really went wire to wire against yep. Auburn, who probably has, you know, the number one pick in Jabari Smith, uh, you know, it's just, it was nuts. It was nothing to put Carolina, who, you know, was on oxygen to get into the tournament, and Miami, and Duke had a couple real stinkers before. So the ACC, you know, jumped up better than we thought. And Miami is, I think you have to say, one of the biggest surprises and wonderful surprises
1: no, I've watched them a little bit throughout the season, and I did catch glimpses of what they were doing. And it wasn't, you know, it's funny. It wasn't one of the featured games there. Uh, you know, it was kind of off to the side Anytime you walked into one of the uh, sports books. And uh, a great job, though, with the tournament. And the spirit in the Northeast uh, for the college basketball tournament was really, really great. I mean, uh, the place was rocking. Uh, Anytime I I roam through the sports book, which was mostly to get a beer while I was watching horse racing. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I mean, you're going to go with what you're obsessed with. I mean, what you feel most comfortable in. And and I I will I'll tell that story uh, sometime during the show. But uh, there will be an investigation into the seventh race Sunday at Laurel. As uh, the four-ball you know, prevailed people... at 50 to 1. I mean, an impossible result uh, took place. And, and you'll never see the uh, the trainer, jockey, owner, or that horse ever again anywhere. Not even Agua Caliente wow. in Mexico. Th- those guys will be racing in Peru uh, the next time they go to the track. What a score they must have taken yeah, down.
0: That's, <laughs> that's really, it you was know, great. I, I thought people were talking... I thought people were talking about how UCLA went from the first four to the final four last year, how foolish of me, or Coach K's last year, or is Gonzaga finally going to get it done? But no, they're talking about the four ball at Laurel. All right, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best. <laughs>
1: What well, was great about that conversation with Leslie Visser, and uh, we thank her for joining us here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby. It was sparked uh, by uh, her reaction to some of the absolute nonsense that I was spewing out. It was just going to uh, be about us the today. tournament. Yeah. <laughs> and then she w- listened to our show and watched our show this morning, and she was like, okay, well, I'm joining Believe today. like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to weigh in on that. Yeah. Like, sure. After hours, my ass is what you was saying. I'm going to take you to task right now for the hours that you're performing, <laughs> going on and on about nothing. That was great. Spirit airline <laughs> she's, flights. She's the best. Chicken parmesan, whatever you uh, could think uh, of, but the tournament. <laughs> oh, and it's fifty to one shot. Uh, I'll have to tell this story on uh, tomorrow's. Uh, yes, please. Uh, after hours uh, edition here because it's going to stick with me for years. Uh, and uh, you know, a- any time that you think you can decode the fix. <laughs> there, there, there's something inherently noble about that is there not i mean there, there should be an award a prize well the award the award is financial and, and uh, you know you're going to make some money if you have the courage of your convictions and you believe that uh, you are got you're you're on to something that that other people are trying desperately to make sure that nobody knows about right <laughs> yeah. and it also is going to feature uh, like saint peter's beating kentucky A completely implausible result. Impossible. There's no way to conceive of this. And you're looking and saying, how is there not an immediate investigation into this game? Or or uh, (laughs) in this case, it was a horse race. So, well, I'll get into that story. It bailed me out of my uh, entire five-day excursion there to Atlantic City, New Jersey, which which was a trip and and a delightful experience, I have to say, Libby. Not just because the uh, wife slammed down a ten-grand jackpot on a slot machine the first night we were there. I'm sure it helped. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that takes the pressure off yes. of having to see. But I, I do believe this, that if you're a gambler, every day is a new day in gambling. And and, and every every experience, I mean, uh, okay, you, you might have cashed out for, for 11 grand, but it doesn't mean, I mean, obviously, if you want to step it up a little bit and see if you can sort of uh, parlay that into even bigger success, maybe make it like a giant score, like, a, like 30, 40, 50 grand. That's one thing. But the last thing you want to do is leave there, uh, you know, uh, with your, uh, you know, head up your ass uh, thinking, <laughs> wow, I had 10 grand and I lost it all back. And I even lost like another 3,000. Yeah, that's bad. Because you, you got out of control. You you got out of your game. You got out of the mindset that uh, every experience in gambling is a new one. Yep. And you have to kind of go back to your principles, what your bankroll is. And, you know, if you go to the horse track with 300. Just because you won three thousand the day before doesn't mean you come back with like fifteen hundred the next day. Yeah, because you're gonna lose it. I mean, uh, that's just the way it goes. You're you're gonna step up your game on a bad day. Now you just had. That's what I was telling uh, Mustang. I mean, that 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 was almost once in a lifetime. How how many times have you hit a slot machine for eleven grand? Never, 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 never. never. And you can't. How many slot machines have you played? Yeah, millions. (laughs) So the likelihood of it happening again zero. (laughs) It's <laughs> pretty much zero so realize zero. that as soon as you cash out there you are starting from scratch again so if your bankroll for the day was going to be 500 just leave it at that right yep Yep. good man it's a lot of money to lose in one day yes, if you're not 500 bucks it's I mean plenty. To me, <laughs> it's plenty why don't you just uh, you know throw your refrigerator out the bedroom <laughs> window I mean uh, the kitchen window <laughs> and, and go spend another 500 on that if you're just going to like throw away 500 yes throw away a nickel a day man uh, you know That'll definitely, uh, you know, put you put you into some kind of an uh, an eventual jackpot there, and and that's when it gets sick. So uh, you know, you have to go back to square one. All right. If I uh, win a bunch of money at the track, I bring the same bankroll. Maybe I'll increase it a little bit, but uh, not overwhelmingly so. uh, The next day, because it's going to be just as difficult. You you don't win that often, right? Count the uh, uh, your hand. I mean, if you go five times at a track, do you win three of them? Sometimes, but uh, a lot of times you'll you'll go zero for five. Yep. Or one for four, maybe, uh, in terms of winning days. And and if that's the case, in general, they're going to grind you down to a nub and you're going to be dead broke and, uh, you know, asking some guy to help you out with a sandwich. It's not good. (laughs) All right. (laughs) How did we get there? I don't know. I never know. <laughs> That's why Leslie called us. <laughs> anyway, the story of a 50-to-1 shot uh, that uh, I, I think will eventually become like a classic movie. Legend. About how they, uh, these guys had to pull off some kind of con job there at tomorrow, uh, in the seventh race on Sunday for this horse to get up and win. And, and then uh, in, in a driving stretch duel worthy of Affirmed and Alinar, it's Affirmed, it's Alanir and Alinar's got a nose in front. That's what this was like. Only it was with uh, cheap claimers, and and I thought the horse was going to snap off a leg. He was more likely to snap off a leg than he was to win the race, as evidenced by the fifty to one odds. And uh, you, you could have bet you would only had to lay, you know you, you would have only gotten thirty to one that he broke down. You <laughs> got better odds that he would not finish <laughs> than win. Uh, this was comedy at uh, its finest, man. I mean, it really was. Uh, you know, and, and fortunately, like I said, I mean, uh, you know, you, you could have got there by any number of ways and, and bet this horse somehow. You know, like our friend that bets the four in the seventh race at every racetrack, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no matter where it is and no matter who the horse is. Okay, so he came up with the same number as you did, even though his method was, you know, just entirely cockamine. <laughs> arbitrary luck. Whereas I, on the other hand, am now proud of myself because I I do believe that I decoded the fix, at least in that seventh race Sunday at Laurel. So uh, Sunday 7th will be the name of the book. And uh, we're looking for publishers right now. We don't have much of a treatment on it so far because we never (laughs) even got to tell the story. So we'll have that for you tomorrow. Wonderful. I'm sure a lot of people will be downloading this one. Anyway, thanks to Leslie Visser for joining us on After Hours. There was a boat. I sent you the picture, Luby. I saw it. I saw it after hours. After hours, uh, it was uh, in the dock there, uh, you know, sitting in uh, one of the slips. uh, Ready for us. At uh, the Atlantic City uh, Marina, which uh, was very nice. I don't know if that was the actual Atlantic City Marina, but it was a (laughs) marina in Atlantic City. Very nice. Perfect. After hours, and I thought, wow, Luby bought a boat. Great. That's me. Podcast must be successful. All right, uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for being with us. Thanks to Leslie Visser for joining us. Great stuff on the tournament and her uh, total recall of all of these events and uh, all of the names and and everything. It it defies the fact that, uh, you know, I mean, she she, uh, has has been doing this a long, long time, right? Like me, I can't remember names like that. Can you? No, no, no. She's on it in a way that I've never been able to be. It's great. All right. for Mike Luby-Lubitz, uh, thanks for joining us here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby. We will see you next time on the uh, Believe Network and uh, catch our show on ION channel. We had Jim Laranega on there. You can Google the Defoe show and a great conversation, as always, with a fascinating uh, basketball. I mean, uh, just uh, t- a tremendous guy to go to for anything involved in, in college basketball, but especially with his team in the Sweet 16, Jim Laranega. Uh, would be the Cinderella story of the tournament, I think, if it wasn't for St. Peter's uh, knocking off Auburn, a, a number two seed. And uh, St. Peter's did it in the opening round. Uh, Jim does it in the second round. And uh, Google that, The Defo Show, D E F O, and uh, you'll catch that interview. Uh, it happened about 8 o'clock, uh, about an hour into the show. Yeah, it sec- starts uh, the Ion second show. hour. Starts the second hour. Yeah. Yep. Very enjoyable conversation. All right, so we'll see you guys tomorrow. As, uh, you know, we, we always say. No matter what it is, I mean, even if you're on the last race and the seventh race at Laurel is is your last bet that you're going to make in your lifetime, if you lose, no matter what happens there, you've got to believe. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant And you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style. And you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, highly apart. Hey folks, Tony Segreto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do from the doctors to the nurses, to the therapists, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this. If you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people, there is truly only one place, and that one place is Catholic Health Services.